Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved, but we are here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. I'm Carly Duke, and I am back with Chris Roby. Hey, guys. Chris, so I am excited about our episode today because you're taking a lead on this first one and giving us some really good tips on task gamification, which we've like, I feel like briefly mentioned and talked about, but I'm excited to learn more about what this is and how we can use it for our teenagers. Yeah, I think um, this episode all started like some of our a lot of our other episodes with like a social media post, right? <laughs> so, something that kind of got got the wheels turning. Mm-hmm. Um, I follow a guy named George Mack that uh, he kind of resides on Twitter. He's he's a uh, productivity guy. He's um, kind of an out of the box thinker when it comes to um, um, kind of bettering yourself and your business and those kinds of things. And he had a short post, and we'll we'll, we'll link it here uh, in the notes, just about this idea of uh, a lot of it was around using the. Um, like better using the notes app on a, on the iPhone, but it was kind of the way he would use it. And he was talking about getting difficult things done. And he referenced this idea of task gamification and, and this idea that, you know, when things are difficult, sometimes getting started isn't really, um, it's not because we don't want to, it's because we don't have the right incentives and we're not leveraging um, kind of the way we're put together. And I don't know if you have ever really gotten stuck on something before. We, I know our teenagers have gotten stuck on uh, different tasks, different projects, you know, of, of trying to get moving in a certain direction. But sometimes it is really all about um, the first steps. Like, like how, do you, how do you get yourself moving in the right direction? Uh, we talk about this a lot in our groups um, where, okay, you know, something might seem insurmountable. Some change might need to, to happen. But sometimes it's like, where, where do I even begin um it gets really really complicated um and the way that george mack uh titles that he's he writes about this idea of how how do you a uh, video game a to-do list mm. i think your hubby might be more into video games than um, <laughs> you are i'm not really sure but yeah um yeah so i don't know how much you are there but um and, and at a time in my life i was much more into video games um but there's a reason that they're so popular right um it's because the designers make them so addicting. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you see, you know, you hear about kids just spending hours and hours and hours on a video game, but you don't hear about them spending hours and hours and hours on something productive, like a, you know, a task or, 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 or sure. homework or any of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Um, and there's a reason for that is because of our, our, our dopamine systems um, that kind of the way that we're put together uh, video game designers know how to do that of, 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 of giving different levels and different tasks um, some kind of reward or some kind of like incremental steps and it, it keeps us coming back for more and more and more we're kind of there's a reason that slot machines work right because <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it just you you, mm-hmm. you get that every now and then you get that feedback um, where you want to continue uh, uh, moving along those tasks so his his recommendation is okay for if, if that if that is true then if there's something that you want to try to do um that is uh good for you but you don't want you don't know how to get started break it down into levels instead of actual like things to check off so if you're if you're going to get started on something you want to say well what's level one like what's the easiest level so think about the the, sure. the last game that you played what's the you know what, what do you do in the first level 
And then what do you have to do to get to the second level mm-hmm. and the third level and the fourth level? And then by the time you hit that last level, you have, you have gained everything you need to accomplish that last level. So before we go into that, what, how does that strike you, Carly, as maybe a non, I'm assuming you don't really play a lot of video games, but no, but like, I don't know. I don't as much anymore now that I have kids, but like I used to play games on my phone and uh-huh. stuff like that and levels. I do think, I mean, we talked about this a few episodes ago when we talk, talked about like breaking out tasks, especially for ADHD students. Mm-hmm. And so I like that this is very similar. You're breaking it down into bite-sized pieces, but you're adding this game element that I feel like would be especially attractive for um our kids and for our teenagers. Mm. And I've done this a little bit. Obviously, you wouldn't do this as much with teenagers, but for example, like if I'm trying to lose weight, then like once you hit a certain point, you get like you this reward system kind of kicks in. Right. Um, or things like at work, if there's a task I just really don't want to do, I'm like, all right, if I'll spend 10 minutes on it, then I get five minutes to go do something I want to do. And then I'll come back and start again. Like that kind of stuff I really think can like almost trick your brain into like, I know I don't want to do this, but I'm going to give myself stopping points and also rewards. And also, like you said, that bit of dopamine to keep going. And so I can see how this would be really successful. Yeah. And I think you you really hit on something there is that our brains have to be tricked yeah <laughs> um our, our brains are our biggest problem sometimes we, we, uh-huh. we think too hard about it we're we're our brains are, are are wired for homeostasis and um kind of keeping things as they are now um and so pushing is not, sometimes isn't as natural as we would like it to be mm-hmm. george mack he, t- he talks about this um sometimes we are trying to start at level 20 mm-hmm. instead of starting at level one and that's why we often don't achieve the things we want to achieve or or our students maybe don't they're, they're thinking about the test itself how overwhelming that is not necessarily what do i need to do to get to that test where i can actually beat level 20 sure. you have to go through those levels to get mm-hmm. there um so um let's let's try this out carly um okay. i want and as we were planning this we're like should we do this or not and we'll we'll, we'll give this a try <laughs> and see what would it take to plan out um uh a short video game that would accomplish um, making an, an A on a final. Okay. And so there's this big final at the end of the year. And I think this is relevant for so many of our, of our students that, you know, we're, we releasing this right around the end of the school year. And so some might be done with school, but some might be kind of wrapping up all of our tests. And so how do you actually, uh, you know, this would be a placeholder for any big challenge that your student is facing. Let's plan out a five level video game. Level one being, well, and what we'll do, we'll do is that level one, I'll give you the first one, is we are going to plan the video game for to have a successful final. So we're going to okay. plan levels. So really only have one, two, three, three different levels we're going to plan. And level five is making A on the final. What would level two be? We're making the plan. What's level two? So if I was making this video game, I was a flashcard person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I would create flashcards all right so we're going we're to create flashcards level two is accomplished level three i would think is establish a schedule to review the flashcards mm-hmm. yeah so i'm going to say every night before bed i'm going to spend 15 minutes reviewing flashcards mm-hmm. that's level three level four 
Well, I mean, I would think it would actually be to do the flashcards. And if you mm-hmm. want to throw in like a do the flashcards until you can quickly go through all of them and not have to flip them to find the answer. Like mm-hmm. if you almost want to set a goal on it, I think if you can do that successfully, you would make an A on your final. I think so too. So we just planned out a five level video game. Now you can add incentives with all that if you want to. Um, like if you, if you, uh, if you complete level one and you move to level two, then you get the dessert of your choice or mm-hmm. you um, get some kind of, or maybe you get more video game time. Who knows? Um, any of those <laughs> kinds of things that you would put on there. So that's, a, that's a, that's a quick five level um, video game that results in a on a final. Mm-hmm. And so we can, we can substitute any number of things in here that would be really, really helpful, but it leverages once you, once you complete that first level of, of playing the video game. Oh, okay. Well maybe I can do level two now and yeah. make those flashcards. And once those flashcards are made, why wouldn't I go to level three mm-hmm. and plan that out? And if I've got all this work on level three, let's get level four knocked out because you're building momentum to get to that level five. Pretty cool, huh? It is. And I like that it, it almost makes it competitive. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I've got to beat this. And I'm going to go to the next one because I finished that one. And let's see how we can do it. I also think this could be a fun thing to do with friends. Mm-hmm. Or if you had a study group. Like if you said as a study group, let's create this plan together. And let's see who can get through the five levels. And who can get the best grade at the end too. Like almost adding a game on top of a game. And, oh yeah, exactly. And and you really, um, you know, you hit, you hit the segue button, uh, to our next, uh, next <laughs> section. You didn't know there was one, but oh, yeah, okay, this, okay. yeah, exactly. so, because, because it, it does, you hit, you hit that on the, on the head is that it, you can do this by yourself, obviously. Um, but you can, um, there, there are ways you can gamify things like this where you kind of compete against yourself, mm-hmm. compete against the clock or compete against other people where it becomes fun at the end, the same thing gets done, right? We could do it without gaming it, or we can do it with gaming. It, and this makes it more fun. This makes it to where maybe um, we can achieve bigger things um, just by uh, gamifying. And, and the, the, the other ways we can gamify tasks, one of them we actually do here at our house quite a bit is racing the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I, I've, I've learned that really motivates my children is a, is a, a, ticking clock and so mm-hmm. sometimes i'll say hey we need to clean downstairs i'm setting a 10 minute timer let's see what we can get done in 10 minutes yeah and it works man <laughs> it's like they, they 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 get after it and they're and they're 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 getting as and we get so much done in a 10 minute span once that clock's done we're done mm-hmm. and we move on with the next thing so racing the clock is a really big thing point systems are huge um where you can assign yourself or your team points for Say we're 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 doing five points for every uh, every time you wake up and don't hit the snooze button, or every time you drink uh, so much water, you mm-hmm. assign yourself points. That's why Weight Watchers works so well, mm-hmm. right? Because you're 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 doing a, a point system and 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 you're you're gamifying. I mean, Weight Watchers is gamifying losing weight right. because it's all based upon points. Um, you can assign rewards. And we kind of mentioned that on these five levels is if you complete a certain level. You get a certain amount of points. Uh, you can race yourself um, of saying, you know, if there's if there's something that that you don't want to do and you you time it once you do it. So maybe it is cleaning your room. Hey, how long will it take you to clean your room and do it in a way that's acceptable and not cutting corners? <laughs> how long did that take you? Right. 
And then maybe next time you can say, well, maybe that took you 15 minutes. Well, next time, what would it do to take 14 minutes to do mm-hmm. that? You know, um, and so cutting out those things to, 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 to race yourself. And finally, just challenging a friend. Um, good, healthy competition is great. If, uh, it, in, in, like in the, in the Apple ecosystem, you can share your workouts. You can share your move goals so that other people can see it and you can challenge mm-hmm. each other. Um, great ways you can gamify tasks. And of course, this would not be the Teen Life podcast without ending off with some apps, <laughs> some different resources <laughs> that you can use to um, you can gamify life. Now, now of course, there's all there's always a great task trackers out there. Like we we use Asana here at Teen Life, um, but um, and there's all kinds of different just task managers. But there's ones that kind of make it more gamified. And one's called Habatica. And uh, it's really, really popular that um, assigns points um, to certain tasks and you can share those. You can create a profile. Um, the second one's really funny to me. It's called Forest. Carly, you literally oh, no. plant a tree. And if you don't, <laughs> if you basically, if you come off of your task, the tree will die. Oh, no. <laughs> but basically, it's really about keeping a tree alive. Uh, and if you fail to do your task um, that you've committed to, um, then the tree starts withering and withering, and then you have to catch up. And so it sounds really stressful, <laughs> but um, but that's one way you could uh, uh, gamify a task. And finally, a level up life is another one that I saw, and it's a little bit more web based, um, but it's very it looks very like old school eighties video game mm, uh, cool. gra- kind of pixelated graphics, those kinds of things where you create a profile. And there's all these different domains that you can uh, uh, choose from. And uh, when you achieve something, then it gives you five points or you level up. And so there's all these different levels. And so it kind of, uh, it kind of gamifies um, just basic areas of life. So um, we would love to hear from you uh, as listeners if there's other ways or apps or techniques that you've used to gamify your tasks. For the trend this week, Chris, we are wrapping up Mental Health Awareness Month, and we've done several mental health episodes recently, but I wanted to get in kind of one more thing about mental health because it is so important, especially for our teenagers. But I kind of wanted to talk about maybe some terms that would be helpful to know or that maybe even our listeners have heard and might kind of think like, oh, I kind of maybe know what that is, but not fully grasp oh, this is exactly what this means when we're talking about mental health in our teenagers. So let's get into some of these. Um, I know we've, t- we talked a little bit, or even our last teen term episode, we talked about some mental health like um, Minty B. <laughs> um, <laughs> still, makes, still makes me laugh. <laughs> yes, I know. That's a great one. And for uh-huh. some reason, I am seeing that term everywhere now. Like huh. once we talked about it on the podcast, like I'm seeing it on TikToks, I'm seeing it on Instagram. I heard someone, I feel like on a show lately, like say, and I was like, what in the world? Like this word is following me everywhere. So if you missed that one, that episode, I'll link it, go back and listen to it. But today I want to talk about like maybe some more serious or like actual terms, mm-hmm. um, not our funny um, teen terms as much. But the first one is coping skills. Mm-hmm. And this is one that we use a lot, that we talk about a lot, but these are strategies to help you deal with difficult situations and lessen negative emotions, thoughts, or behaviors. Yeah. And I'm glad we're talking about this because I feel like um, when you say coping skills, it kind of, it gets, uh, everything kind of gets lumped into that term. 
Um, and it's kind of a, it's kind of more of a buzzy word for people. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're learning coping and, and, and we're learning coping skills. And I, I don't want this to be dismissed as something that's just another term, but learning how to deal with situations and um, especially difficult ones uh, in a way that's going to, we're, we're, we're going to manage our emotions through it is super helpful. And it's not just a throwaway term. It's really, really important. Yes. So the next one is a lived experience. And this is one that I hear that like, I feel like I knew what it was, but seeing a definition is helpful. But this is firsthand personal experience dealing with mental health or substance abuse challenges. Hmm. So if this is like, I mean, it makes sense when you think about it, but this is if you have actually lived through an experience, they call it a lived experience. Right. You can look back and say, you know, I've, 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 I've been through this before. This has been my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super helpful. Well, even we've talked about, especially in that shooting episode where there's sometimes secondhand trauma. Mm. But if you say I had a lived experience in that, that's saying like, no, I like personally experienced it. It's you not that I, mm-hmm. yes, I was there. It's not that I got it from someone else or I saw it on social media and had issues from it. Like this is something that I personally lived through. And so that's good mm. to know. Now, I want to talk about the difference between mental health concern and mental health condition because those sometimes I feel like can get mixed up and thrown together a little bit. But if it's a concern, it's anything that causes a person to believe their mental health may be suffering. Hmm. So it's almost that first step of like, this is something like almost like a red flag, something that I need to be aware of where a condition is related symptoms that have been recognized by the mental health community. So a condition would almost be like that actual diagnosis. Gotcha. Compared to like a concern, it's just something that you're like, okay, I'm paying attention to this and I think that there might be something wrong. And then, for example, if you went and saw a counselor or a therapist or a psychiatrist that and they diagnosed you with something, then that would actually be a mental health condition. I would think this would be helpful too when other people are observing someone else. And so if there's a student who someone thinks might be struggling, um, it's very different to suspect mm-hmm. and actually have a diagnosis, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes people will diagnose um, mm-hmm. a little too quickly and not actually have um, that full diagnosis from, from a professional. Right. Or as a parent, maybe you mm-hmm. might have concerns, but to just say, yeah, my teenager has a mental health condition. If you have not gotten that confirmed, you can't necessarily assume that. That you can have a mental health concern about them. And that is very valid to say. Now, a risk factor is something that increases the chances of developing a mental health condition. And so there are lots of risk factors. I feel like we talk about this anytime we talk about like anxiety or depression. We've talked about what those risk factors are, but it could be genetics. It could be um, your family history. It could be medications you're taking. It could be a traumatic event. All of those can be risk factors that then you want to pay attention to. Okay, is this something I need to be watching for? Because they are at higher risk for that. Right. And then finally, trauma. And I feel like this one, I wanted to put this one in here because I feel like right now it is getting thrown around a lot. Mm -hmm. And it is almost become like a catch-all, like I'm so traumatized, that was traumatic. But the actual definition of trauma is an emotional response to a disturbing, scary, or shocking experience that overwhelms one's ability to cope. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that it affects your ability to cope. Yeah, that second half is where I think the definition really 
takes hold is you know you're you're someone who's truly traumatized can't actually handle um basic things of life after that happens Mm -hmm. Um, it overwhelms everything and so um and i i can't remember if we've talked about this specifically on the podcast before but i know it's been put in terms from mental health professionals as capital t and lower t trauma um and so capital t definitely fits this um this definition where you firsthand witness something that is um overwhelming your ability to actually handle the day-to-day operations Mm -hmm. of life little t um are what maybe secondhand traumas um things that um um have affected you um but you still have the ability to navigate life and so it's not to diminish it but it's also to to be able to parse out what is what is shutting things down and what's not so that brings us to our tip for this episode today i wanted to talk about maybe some things that make anxiety worse but actually i want to flip it so i saw this instagram post and they gave a list of things that make anxiety worse which is a great list and it is very helpful but i also sometimes think think it's helpful to look at it the other way and so what i'm going to do what we're going to do with this list is actually look at things that might help your anxiety oh And so taking that list of like, these make anxiety worse and like, let's look at the positive of it instead of looking maybe at the negative always. I like it. So some obvious things, but limiting caffeine can help anxiety. Moving your body can help anxiety. So like getting Mm -hmm. out and getting active. This one is big and it is probably something I was just talking to someone this week. I know I don't do this well, but getting enough sleep. And making sure that your body is rested and taken care of is huge for how you're going to handle anxiety. And then with that, eating regularly, like Mm -hmm. making sure you're in a really good routine where you're getting sleep at night, you're waking up, you're eating three meals a day, you're getting the proper nutrition, you're moving your body. All of those things really add up and can make a big difference. We were just talking about this, weren't we, yesterday? Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) we were. We're talking about this, like, I, I think I was mentioning that, like, I didn't eat dinner last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just a kind of a throwaway, like, hey, that's not okay. <laughs> you yeah. actually eat, eat your food. Yeah. Exactly. And when it comes to eating, too, avoiding sugar, because sugar can actually lead to anxiety if you're having high amounts of sugar. That probably also goes back to the caffeine, because I feel like most of the caffeinated beverages that our teenagers are drinking are heavily sugared as well. Mm-hmm. Um, cleaning your room. So making sure that you have an environment that is low anxiety and going to be like a non-anxious presence for you. Setting boundaries and saying no. Mm -hmm. So even being willing to protect your time is a really big thing. Positive people, we talked about in our anxiety episode, how to be a non-anxious presence as an adult. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, this makes sense to me that surrounding yourself with positive people can help your anxiety. Um, Drinking enough water. Is another one that um, I know, like, for example, my husband for sure does not do this. And I was talking to someone else yesterday that they were like, you ever look up at night and be like, I don't think I drank any water today. (laughs) It was only (laughs) coffee and soda. (laughs) Uh It can happen. Yep. Which I feel like can also be a big thing for our teenagers. Getting fresh air, which you can obviously combine with moving your body as well if you wanted to go on a walk or do something outside. 
And then finally, and I think as adults in the Teen Life podcast, we talk about this quite a bit, but limiting the amount of time spent online mm-hmm. um, can be huge. Making sure that you're actually interacting with real people, making sure that you're not just locked in on a screen or your phone all day. And all of these things can help with our anxiety. And with that, that's a wrap on this episode. We hope that you're already as subscribed to the Teen Life Podcast, but if not, find us in your favorite podcast app. Make sure you're following us on social media and text this episode to a friend if there's something in here that you thought that they would enjoy or find really helpful. And with that, we'll see you next week.